This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. And welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast, the only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags, and uh, I have just gone through watching one of the most exciting cards of the year, uh, the last numbered pay-per-view of 2021, UFC 269, with the double title matches of Amanda Nunes defending her bantamweight title against Juliana Pena and Charles Oliveira defending the lightweight title against Dustin Poirier. So before we get into that main card, let's uh, quickly run through these prelims. And uh, we opened the night with uh, Gillian Robertson uh, picking up the, the last second in the first round uh, submission against Priscilla uh, Cachuera. Uh, a bit controversial, this one, because um, as... Um, Gillian locked in the, the rear naked choke. Uh, Priscilla was trying to essentially eye-gouge Gillian uh, Robertson with with her thumbs. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty brutal start to the card, uh, but it, it, it did get better, believe me. Uh, then we went into the banterweight division, uh, Tony Kelly picking up the, the second-round KO of Randy Costa. Uh, featherweight division, Ryan Hall got the decision against Derek Minna. And then Erin uh, Blanchfield got the decision in the women's flyweight um, against Miranda Maverick. Uh, the last of the early prelims ended with a first-round sub for Andre Munez against Eric Anders in the middleweight division. Going into the televised prelims, we started with uh, Bruno Silva getting the first-round KO of Jordan Rapp. And then we got Tatu Vasa getting the... The, the comeback second round KO against Augusto Sakar and we also got an in the octagon Shue, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, Dominic Cruz, after his uh, weekly beef with uh, with uh, DC on commentary, uh, picked up the the um, decision against Pedro Munoz, and then the, in the feature prelim, uh, shock victory really for. Uh, Josh Emmett picking up the decision against Dan Agi after a, co- a few moments in the in the fight where he could have won, um, could have won it cleanly. But uh, yeah, Josh Emmett picking up a, a huge victory against uh, against Dan Agi there. So going on to the the main card, we opened up with a uh, sugar clown Sean O'Malley uh, been uh, in the news recently with uh, Dana White um, being asked about why he's been fed lower ranked uh, fighters uh, and they're saying look this kid is not 
he's not Hamzat, he's not a killer. Um, he he needs um, essentially baby stepping. Saying that, uh, Rallion Paver, his opponent, was certainly a step up uh, in, in quality to the opponents he, he's had recently. Um, and he shown uh, props to him, whether you love his character, whether you hate his character, whether you think he's uh, he's um, trying to be um, outrageous for the sake of being outrageous, um, he delivered in, in the article. Um, started uh, quite um, conservative for a Sean O'Malley fight, uh, switching stances a lot, a lot uh, threw some kicks to the body, um, tried for uh, an oblique kick, uh, landing some uh, some low kicks, uh, accidentally landed a, a shot to the cup, which uh, which uh, calls for a break in, in the action. Um, once uh, we get back to uh, the restart, Sean O'Malley again is uh, switching stances, but this time he started to throw more jabs and throw um, uh, some really, really tasty offense, uh, and is able to kind of avoid the counter punches as well. Uh, Paver did um, kind of start showboating a little bit of his own, dropping his hands, uh, trying to goad um, O'Malley in. Um, O'Malley lands a, a clean right, follows it up with a with a jab. Um, he's able to to really start picking off um, uh, Rallyan Paver, and then uh, goes back to the to the low kicks, uh, and then hits another um, right hand jab, uh, pops it again. Uh, Paver lands a, a shot of his own, uh, but O'Malley's. One thing that he has really, really improved is his his head movement. He's in and out. He's very, very hard to to punch, um, and, and he was laser accurate with that with that right hand jab. And it re- really started to to wear on Pavey. You could see his, his neck snapping back, um, and one shot just landed straight down the middle. You could see that Pavey was hurt. Uh, Pavey tries to come in uh, and swing back. But O'Malley uh, just pins him against the the, uh, the the cage, starts swinging on him, and landing some huge, huge shots. Paver drops to the floor. Uh, the ref calls it in Jason Herzog, and this is a huge, huge victory for for Sean O'Malley. And it's incredibly likely that he will go into uh, into next week uh, with a number against his name, finally getting into those, breaking into those top 15s. So great win for for Sean O'Malley there. On to the second fight on this uh, main card of five fights. We uh, drop down to the flyweight division. Cody Garbrandt making his uh, flyweight debut, uh, taking on Kai Kara France. Um, Cody actually um, looked pretty good. I mean, we've seen him uh, struggle to make weight at bantamweight so for him to come in uh, at flyweight looking uh, as good as he did uh, was was testament to him um only problem is he didn't back that up uh in in the cage uh he started off pretty pretty sweetly had a uh, he uh, had control of the outside of the octagon really kind of uh using lateral movement to keep uh uh car france uh, at bay uh he's able to to land Testing low kicks and and uh, teasing uh, jabs uh, before um, Kara starts attacking the body, landing some some uh, huge shots. 
then he uh, lands a, a good, massive all-round right, which drops um, Garbrandt to the floor. Uh, Garbrandt uh, is able to get back off the off the floor, and he's uh, he's kind of starts backing up towards the cage, uh, trying to uh, goad uh, France into uh, shooting range. Uh, which he's able to do, and he, he he's able to get the takedown, but he just doesn't have the 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 way for all to keep Carcara France down on the floor. Uh, quickly, they are both back on the feet. Car uh, lands another right hand, uh, which um, which is just blocked. Lands a jab, uh, and then follows that up with the the overhand right again. And Garbrandt is hurt this time. Goes down to the floor. Carcara um, France uh, gets a couple of shots uh, in terms of uh, in terms of fat fit enders uh, and. Uh, Herb Dean has no option but to to wave this fight off. Uh, Cody Garbrandt in his uh, in his flyweight debut gets absolutely starched by Kaikara France, and that's a, a big big victory for the New Zealander. It's very interesting that he uh, he was on the same card as uh, Dominic Cruz, a guy who five years ago pretty much to the, well. Within a couple of weeks, uh, to exactly five years, that he uh, shocked the world when he took the 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 bantamweight title from Dominic Cruz, and then since then he's gone on a a, a terrible run, uh, losing five out of his next six fights, to the point where Dominic Cruz has has uh, gone away, come back, and is back in the in 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 the winning. The winning mentality and Cody Garbrandt is just is absolutely struggling. There's a lot of uh, rumour and innuendo that he was going to call it a day after this fight. Um, personally, I, I think there's still a lot for for him to do. I just don't think flyweight is the division for him. Uh, but yeah, great victory for for Carcara France. Another fight who uh, perhaps will be jumping clear up them rankings uh, when they when it comes to Monday. Next up at 170, we had Jeff Hands of Steel Neil taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, Jeff coming into this fight with a lot of controversy. Uh, with about two weeks out from the fight, he was arrested on uh, on some pretty serious charges uh, in 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 terms of. Um, driving under the the influence, unlawful possession of a firearm. Um, so yeah, not exactly the 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 most perfect uh, way to set up for a fight. But um, he ended up getting the the split decision uh, in what I don't think it, it's a it's a hard choice to say was. Probably the the weakest fight on this whole card, the least entertaining. Uh, ironically, it was the one fight on this main card that, that went the distance. Um, yeah, it was a, an incredibly nervy performance from from both guys. Um, we we're used to seeing uh, the likes of Jeff Neal and Santiago uh, being able to to really put it on an opponent and really have kind of like a high pace uh, of output uh, that just didn't really come in 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 this fight the the probably the more the most controversial was was the fact that uh santiago got uh reprimanded from the referee a number of times for for having his fingers uh pointing outwards and and catching um jeff neal in the air um in in terms of action 
I suppose that, that Jeff Neal had the better of the fight. He had uh, the bigger shots, especially in a nervy kind of almost razor thin first round. I think the, the power of Jeff Neal's shots uh, probably made the difference to the judges. The fact that he was able to uh, cut um, the right, the right eye of Ponzinibbio. Uh, I think that that kind of would have uh, lent in towards his favour. Uh, going into the second, uh, Ponzinibbio did kind of turn the heat up a little bit, uh, landing more low punches, landing more uh, leg kicks, uh, mixing it up a little bit more, but still not to anywhere near the output that we uh, we know that he can do. Um, he was able to score more shots uh, in in the second round than he did in the first but um, for for me Neil uh, really kind of took his foot off the gas and his um, his uh, cornerman really laid into him uh, in in the corner saying you, the last thing you want is this seeing this fight and 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 saying you didn't leave it all in the octagon uh, and that kind of did uh, fire up um Jeff Neal, so he came out and he was pressing a lot more, landed a few uh, a few more punches than than Santiago did, threw in uh, more head kicks. Uh, he, ironically, this was this was the the round that Jeff Neal took the 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 most visual damage when he had a lot of swelling around his eye, um, but from less shots thrown from from Ponzinibbio so that's a an, an, an interesting kind of like um take away from this fight I suppose uh but Jeff Neal certainly was the more busy of the two fighters uh in in this third round uh landing some actually some really decent combinations is that he had a, a kind of three punch combination that that landed all three shots uh ended with a, a left hand that um that landed straight down the middle um the the end of the round came when uh Ponzinibbio landed a low kick just as the the klaxon went and Jeff Neal was given the split decision uh one ref uh, one judge gave uh Santa, Santiago the 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 fight 28 29 uh one gave it 28 29 to to Jeff Neal and one gave all three rounds to Jeff Neal which is uh, I can understand because the the first round was certainly razor thin uh, the second round um, I would have lent more towards uh, Ponzinibbio than, than Jeff Neal uh, but to give all three rounds um, kind of like takes away from from Santiago's attack in that second round I think so I personally want to give it that but the, the right person won the fight and hopefully uh, Jeff can uh, sort out his legal problems and get back to doing what he does best and that's uh, absolutely starching people. Up next is uh, the first of the two title fights. Um, Amanda Nunez defended a banterweight title against the Venezuelan vixen uh, Juliana Pena uh, and this is going to be one of those uh, fights uh, where in years to come people will ask where were you when you saw this fight like when people say where were you when uh, Matt Serra beat GSP where were you when Holly Holm starched Ronda Rousey where were you when uh, Rose Namajunas destroyed Joanna Jacek where were you when Michael Bistin shot the world and beat Luke Rockhold where were you when Juliana Pena starched Amanda 
the lightest noon is um and i've got to give myself a huge pat on the back and this can be co- uh corroborated by uh mr mr christopher platt in the chair shot um uh dm group i i called this i said that um uh, I've got a soft spot for for Juliana Pena. She'd really come into this fight with a a huge kind of chip on her shoulder and uh, very very aggressive. Sometimes that can be out of nerves, out of fear. But I, I just got the 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 feeling that she wanted this, uh, and it's been almost two years since um, since uh, Nunes defended this title. Uh, been focusing more on 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 the featherweight title, and it's kind of it's kind of this this division has gone by the wayside for her, uh, and so Juliana was kind of like taking the whole of the the division on her shoulders. So we uh, getting into the fight. Um, Pena did well to to start defending uh, at the beginning, and and it looked like she was going to struggle in this fight because every time she threw a shot. She looked like she had to overreach to get to uh, to Nunez, which left her open for attack. Um, the issue was that um, I mean, we'll get to the second round, but um, the issue was that that Nunez put herself in the perfect range to get hit by uh, by Pena. But in this first round, um, Nunez was. Uh, was as dominant as 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 she ever looked. Was able to uh, rattle off uh, some big shots. Nunez uh, knocking a, a Pena uh, to the floor uh, a couple of times. Um, Nunez uh, was very kind of apprehensive in getting onto a, a ground game with with uh, Juliana Pena, which uh, absolutely makes sense because she can be absolutely brutal on the on the on the floor and those up kicks that she throws are are pretty pretty lethal uh, so Nunes was knew that she had five rounds to go uh, normally has uh, some of the best cardio in in not just in women's MMA in MMA in general uh, eventually we see uh, Nunes uh, take um, take the back of uh, of of, of Pena up against the cage unable to sink in the chalk though um she um, decides to give it up to slip out to the front, control the head, and she's uh, she's really looks like she's she's having a lot of fun there. Goes for a one arm um, uh, choke, uh, unable to get uh, enough pressure. Um, Pena uh, tries to um, isolate the arm, but Nunez uh, stays heavy, ends the ends the first round uh, on on the floor, and it looked like it was going to be a long, hard day for. Juliana Pena in this fight um, going into the second round and you could see where um, Pena started with the with the same kind of uh, way she started the first round, faking the shots, uh, looking to tease Nunez to, to make a mistake uh, which she does, she misses a huge right, right hand uh, but she's able to make contact with the left and then the, 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 the two ladies just started punching the living piss out of each other's face to the point where both women were absolutely rocked um, but like I, like I said earlier in, in, in the analysis that, that uh, Nunes just stayed in the exact same uh, position that, that um, was working for Pena that the, the range that Pena needed it to be in. So every uh, jab that Pena was was throwing 
was hitting perfectly on, on Nunez's uh, chin. Uh, Nunez was landing some of her own shots and, and really wobbling Peña to the point where uh, Peña's ah was was really, really starting to swell. Uh, but but Peña showed absolutely no fear, started uh, making sure she was in the pocket, dirty boxing with with uh, with Nunez and, and taking on that fighter's mentality of knowing you're going to have to eat some shots to be able to land some shots of your own. And that's the, the mindset that, that won her this fight. She uh, was able to hit the, the right hand time and time and time again uh, to the point where she was able to get the clinch uh, from the right hand and got um got Nunez up against the cage and you could see Nunez absolutely gasping for breath. Uh Pena uh throws um Nunez over her shoulder, takes her to the floor, uh gets to the back, uh she gets one arm underneath the, the neck, doesn't even lock in the, the rear naked, so it's a one arm rear naked choke. Um and Nunez quickly, quickly taps uh and the world is shook, the world is shocked. And we have hashtag and new uh, women's bantamweight champion uh, Juliana Pena. A huge, huge victory for her. Only um, Amanda Nunes' second loss in the UFC. Uh, great, great victory for her. And yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see where Nunes goes from here because obviously she's still the, the featherweight champion. And But there's a lot of talk of uh, Kayla Harrison having uh, meetings with UFC uh, after this uh, event. So maybe she, that's that's kind of been distracted. I know that she's had to face a lot of questions about uh, Amanda Noon, uh, about Kayla Harrison, and with uh, Pena kind of having this massive chip on her shoulder, I think all the the stars are land for, um, for, for uh, Nunez to take her eye off the ball, I suppose. Um, but I, I could just as easily see the UFC wanted to, to run this straight back. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens uh, in the upcoming weeks with with the regards to the the women's bantamweight division. But a huge huge victory for for Juliana Pena. Um, well done to her, the the biggest uh, outsider on the card by a long long way. Uh, and props to the guy who threw uh, three hundred and eighteen thousand dollars on uh, on Amanda Nunes to to win this uh, to only be looking to pull back $31,000 yep bad day at the office for that guy so let's go into the main event uh, light heavyweight title on the line Charles Oliveira who uh, picked up the title with uh, with the the win over Michael Chandler not so long ago, uh, taking on Dustin Poirier. Dustin, who's obviously uh, been uh, in the Conor McGregor killing business recently, uh, looking to cement his legs here. And I'd been hearing rumours all all week that uh, perhaps Dustin was was looking to to maybe. Uh, knock MMA on the head. Yeah, I know he's made a hell of a lot of money with the Conor McGregor fights. His uh, source business is doing absolutely super um, uh, money. So maybe he wanted to uh, to walk away with, with, his, uh, with his faculties intact, I suppose. Uh, but uh, going into this fight... I mean the the title on the line that can that can certainly change a man's uh, opinion uh, and yeah this 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 fight was absolutely 
everything that it needed to be two uh, of the best fighters in the world uh, no matter what uh, division um, for me I only saw uh, Dustin Poirier having one kind of route to victory and that's on the feet because of just how powerful his hands are uh, but I thought that Charles uh, certainly had more tools in his in his uh, in his armory. Uh, his ground game is is second to none, uh, and we've seen recently that his his uh, stand up game is up there among the very best. So for me, this was. Um, this kind of leaned in towards Charles Oliveira returning, but you can never count out uh, Dustin Poirier. Uh, and we start straight away with Charles Oliveira landing uh, uh, a leaping knee, a uh, lot of pressure from from uh, Oliveira in terms of elbows and knees, and a lot of attack from Poirier with with uh, with the right hands. Quickly, is uh, Poirier is able to drop Oliveira, uh, but he gets back up very very uh, quick, and they start getting in close to to trade. Uh, and again, Oliveira's landing knees and landing elbows, uh, whereas um, Dustin sticks to the fists. Uh, Oliveira gets uh, gets the fat up against the cage and is able to uh, eventually um, get uh, Dustin down to the floor with a trip. Uh, doesn't stay on the ground for, for too long though. And then uh, Poirier lands a huge left which wobbles Oliveira. Uh, Oliveira uh, falls to an, a knee but is able to get back up. And the the commentary were were. Uh, all over saying how much Oliveira's shots, how much um, Dustin's shots was were hurting Oliveira, uh, and they didn't really focus a lot on how Oliveira's shots were hurting Dustin. And you could see uh, when both guys were landing, uh, how each of them were were really really wobbling. Um, a, a, a tight first round, you 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 could say in terms of uh, of action, uh, but I think uh, Poirier took it for for having those couple of uh, of knockdowns. Uh, both guys really showing that they had huge huge chins though. Uh, second round, uh, and we start to get a lot of the same uh, short elbows from Poirier, um, from Oliveira, long rangey uh, jabs from Poirier. Um, Oliveira tries to take the fight down to the floor. Uh, Poirier is able to to prevent that. Uh, we see Oliveira trying to uh, get to the back. Uh, Poirier is able to f- fend that off. Um, and then once once we uh, see Oliveira uh, able to transition into getting um, in 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 guard. Uh, Poirier just clamps down for the for the rest of the round, locking up uh, Oliveira, trying to um, instead of taking any damage or trying to even get back to his feet and inflict some of his own damage. It's just a case of hold on tight, uh, know that you've lost this round, uh, and and start the next round on the feet because Oliveira just was able to control. Um, Poirier's movement so he wasn't able to get back up so the the only kind of option uh, Poirier had was to make sure he didn't take a lot of damage uh, and he was able to, to do that holding, uh, holding him tight in full guard uh, Oliveira was was trying to push his arms out and, and separate the, the guard and, and land uh, short elbows and forearms uh, but uh, Poirier 
did a, a great job in, in kind of mitigating the damage, but this was certainly a, a very, very strong round for, for Oliveira. Then we get into the third round, and all the momentum was with uh, Dobronx. Uh, lands uh, some big kicks to the body uh, and the, the damage to Olive, uh, to Poirier's liver uh, was really uh, showing in this third round. He'd uh, essentially taken so many big, big shots uh, to the body uh, from the knees and from the elbows and from the kicks that uh, even though the commentary didn't kind of focus on that, you could tell that they were really hurting uh, Poirier. Uh, Poirier tries to... Um, to land a strike, uh, Oliver is able to slip it, uh, get the back, start backpacking uh, on top of um, on top of uh, Poirier. Uh, Poirier uh, carries uh, his opponent's weight and is trying to uh, to stop um, Charles uh, getting his hand off the ground, which would then mean that he could slip uh, the the rear naked choke in, in place. Uh, he tries, tries in vain, but unfortunately, uh, Oliveira is just so good at this game. Uh, he was able to get the choking. Uh, Poirier has no option but to tap. Uh, and Charles Oliveira, who won the title with a knockout, uh, defends it for the first time with a choke. A great victory for Charles Oliveira. And just... Um, a shame for for Dustin Poirier because he's become kind of like almost a cult hero with his actions against uh, Conor McGregor. Um, so yeah, it's um, hopefully he's not retiring. Uh, there's still a lot more that he can he can do in this division. Uh, but yeah, we're uh, well in the era now of of, of Charles Oliveira. Um, for me, I can only see um, perhaps. Gaethje uh, being able to to take him on but again if it comes to ground game uh, Gaethje's uh, as rudimentary as as um as uh, Poirier is uh, for me the the only real uh, kind of challenge to this title reign will be um Islam Makhachev uh, someone who can certainly uh, hang with Charles on the ground and someone who's also got the chops to be able to hang uh, on the on the feet with uh, with Charles so uh, yeah that's the fight I'm eagerly waiting for but I think it's just in Gaethje's next in in line you could see uh, uh he was in the crowd and 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 Dana was kind of like uh hinting that he'd be next so yeah we'll 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 see where it goes from there but all in all uh, this is one of the the better cards of, of 2021 in a year where we've had some really really good cards so uh if you um haven't watched it uh first of all i massively appreciate you for having uh, five rounds as your your kind of go-to for for mma news and analysis uh but uh, yeah i employ to to go and uh, search out this and, and see if you can uh, find the highlights uh because it's a, a really really good card um that's uh that's uh two sixty nine though in the bag, and then next week is uh the last show of the year, finishing pretty early for for UFC. Normally they have a uh, uh, fights going well into late December, early early January, uh, but. It's a good fight, a good card to, to end on. We've got uh, Angela Hill taking on Amanda Lemos. We've got Raphael Asuncao taking on Ricky Simone. Stephen Thompson versus Bilal uh, Mohammed in the co-main. And 
Derek Lewis versus Chris Dorcas uh, in the main event. So, yeah, definitely check in on Five Rounds next week to uh, hear the the fallout from that. Uh, but other than that, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for, for listening. You have... Uh, You've um, really kind of made me proud of, of five rounds. Uh, the the numbers are going up in in every single metric uh, on all the platforms that this goes out out on. So I massively, massively appreciate every single one of you for for tuning in. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at Podfather Mags. Follow my uh, missing co-host Carlos at Kirby underscore Carlos, and definitely go and check out all the amazing content creators on the, the networks that we are proudly a part of. That's Visionaries Global Media, that's The Chair Shot, and that's Radio Techers. Uh, thank you all for listening, and that is the end.